Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church um, here in Florida. Uh, today, as you know, we, we are around the high holy day of Yom Kippur. So our rabbi, of course, is taking time to be with his family and with his congregation um, to be part of this um, uh, deeply uh, reverent time. Uh, and so therefore, Today, 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 we have a sheikh with us. Um, if you don't know who that is, that is an imam who teaches other imams. So Sheikh Shafayat is with us today. So it's our first time that we have an imam on the show. So believe it or not, a priest and a rabbi and an imam are soon going to be all in the same room because in two episodes, we will be back for part two of this episode. So today, uh, Sheikh Shafayat and I will we'll talk about um, why is interfaith work so important, not just so it makes us feel good, but there's something really important that God is calling us to do. That's going to be what we're going to take on. And the second question also is, what are some of the biggest misconceptions right now still of Islam and where have we grown? Where have we grown uh, in the last 20 years? Um, so uh, I believe our guest just walked into the studio, uh, Sheikh Shafayat. Welcome, brother. Uh, are, you, are you excited, nervous, or how are you feeling before we jump into the show? Are you there, buddy? Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you very much. All uh, right. Are you uh, nervous? Uh, Are you no, speechless? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You know, it's just the love and affection that my heart is just beating with the love and affection for everyone. Okay, my brother. Well, let's get ready to rumble. If you guys um, are new to the show, um, you can always subscribe at any podcast platform. Please share this with people who really do enjoy or you think might be curious about interfaith work and the meaning of interfaith work and why God is calling us to do interfaith work. That's what we're going to explore today. And so please join us. And if you ever want to support this podcast, you can always email us at a priest and a rabbi podcast at gmail.com. All right, God bless you. Let's get ready for our podcast. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beit Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is Father Christian from A Priest and a Rabbi. It is great. It is great to have you here. And um, today, today I have with me not my rabbi, not my rabbi, and we are getting a, uh, but I have with me an imam, so normally it is a priest and a rabbi, but today is going to be a priest and an imam, because as you know, um, our, our wonderful colleague, uh, Rabbi Durbin, he is um, obviously um, in, the, in the throes of, of religious holiday. So it is time for him to be with his family and be with his congregation um, as uh, Yom Kippur, 
uh, was being observed. Uh, funny fact about last week. So if you were with us last week, um, where we talked about the name of the show title was Should Christians Observe? Yom Kippur, similar to the show before that, which was Should Christians Observe Rosh Hashanah? And for all those who are fans of the show, who listen to the show, know where we are going with this. However, for those who are not aware of the show, who don't know our, our flow and what we stand for and what we do, saw the show title and went absolutely nuts. And it was entertaining, to say the least. Very entertaining. Um, they uh, assumed that we were saying that Christians should repurpose or imperialistically uh, take over uh, Yom Kippur. And it was entertaining to see what happens on social media when people don't look at a context. But nevertheless, good to engage in discussion until it got weird and unhealthy and then we just tapped out. Um, but it, it's just um, it's just funny how on social media people see something and just go for it and just uh, attack it, um, as opposed to if they heard it, the funny thing in the irony of last week's show was that the rabbi was the one saying that Christians should observe Yom Kippur because Jesus was a Jew who observed Yom Kippur. And, um, and then the priest, me, was saying, absolutely not, that shouldn't happen because our belief in Jesus and, he, and because of our theology behind him. So it was just a, a first time, I think, that we were, uh, the, the, the canceling culture came for us. Uh, it was fun. It was entertaining. It was good. It helps analytics for people to get all excited. But always, no matter what, it's just great to have any kind of discussion, even if it gets a little weird, um, because it taps into people's passions. I mean, people are very passionate about this. They're very passionate about it. And I think a lot of the 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 crew online came out for um, because they they were they just wanted to protect and they want they, their heart is in the right place. They, they they are actually looking out for the rabbi concerned about the way we use language, concerned about the way that we present something that could give the wrong message. And that's completely understandable. So I do understand where people are coming from. I do wish they would use different uh, tactics and strategies to get there to create more healthy dialogue as opposed to attacking an assumption. But again, nothing but love because their heart is in the right place. Um, and they are looking to create a, a more, I guess, open and accepting culture. Um, so here we go. So uh, enough of that uh, excitement from last week. Um, so, so today, you know, it really is an exciting time for us because we have yet to, we have been searching and searching and searching for so long to get an imam uh, on our show. We've been looking far, we've been look, asking friends, and we just couldn't get one because usually we are local show in a radio, um, in, in the radio station at WSTU. But this week, you know, as, since the pandemic, we've been able to explore satellite campuses where we can now um, just bring people in from all over the place. So now we not only got uh, a, a imam, but we got a shake. So, um, and, and we're going to explain what, what that all means here, because uh, I'll admit, I didn't even know what that means. Um, so, so today um, we have Sheikh Shafayat with us. So Sheikh Shafayat, um, and he is a, he was born in Trinidad on the West Indies. Um, he is a founder of Al-Hikmat Services, um, and he's a principal of Darul uh, Ulum Institute in Pembroke Pines, Florida. He was the first Muslim to represent Islam at Florida State Faith Summit, had at the Calpita building with Governor Jeb Bush in 2000. He has received like so many interfaith awards. Um, so we really kind of struck gold on this. Interfaith awards, including the Peacemaker Award from St. Thomas University. So he's a member of the PBS TV Community Advisory Board and the co-chair of the Interfaith Council of Pembroke Pine City, Florida. He's well-known by Muslims and non-Muslims uh, uh, as a motivational speaker. I myself, the reason why we found 
Sheikh Shafaya was because Reverend Alberto Coutier, uh, as you might know him, um, he has, he's on Telemundo and on Fox, has uh, Latino programming um, as a priest. He is, uh, uh, so he's got a kind of a little, a little bit of celebrity status. He was the one who told me, this is the guy you want. If you can get him on the show, you struggled. So I am so grateful um, at that, uh, that the Sheikh Shafayat, who was also an imam, uh, said yes to come on the show. And uh, so uh, uh, Sheikh Shafayat, welcome to a priest and a rabbi. Well, thank you very much, Father Christian. It is indeed a pleasure, and I consider it a blessing to be with you. Uh, thank you, thank you very much for inviting me on the show. I just love it. I looked a little bit of your your programs on your on Facebook, etc., and uh, it's very exciting to talk with you. I love your show, with the rabbi, yourself, and everyone else. And uh, God bless, shalom, and uh, assalamu alaikum, and good morning to you. Yes, malikum assalam to you. Um, so it, it, it is a. Um, it really is a kind of a momentous thing for us. We've had about 140 episodes, and it is yet for us to, we've wanted to complete the Abrahamic um, tri triad, <laughs> Abrahamic trinity, if I really want to start blending and, and um, all of our theological terms here. Uh, it's probably slightly blasphemous, but, uh, you know, whatever, we get in trouble all the time here. Um, that to have you here, uh, because we talk a lot about our Abrahamic connection um, through through the Hebrew scripture and the Christian scripture, um, and we've uh, but we have yet to now engage and let's complete that for what's all come from Abraham, uh, which is Islam as well. And and you yourself have done so much work in the interfaith um, in the interfaith community. So before we get there, can you please explain to us? Uh, you are um, your your title is Sheikh, but you're also an Imam. So can you just explain to us what that all means? So basically, um, are you getting proper audio from me? Is it oh yes, sir. Good. So basically, the title of a sheikh is given uh, to an Islamic scholar. Uh, like you got rabbis and you got uh, the bishops, etc. Uh, someone who's graduated in Islamic theology and Islamic jurisprudence, etc. Um, automatically, a sheikh is an imam. So sheikhs normally teach people to be imams. So we are automatically an imam. That's to cut a long story short here. Right. Okay. So and then then the 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 easy misconception or confusion could say, and I saw this when I first saw your title was that you're a Sikh. And so that's when I first got on the phone oh. with you earlier this week. I was like, oh, I think we got we didn't get a, 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 we didn't get an imam. We got a Sikh, and so so for all those who might be thinking that, can you explain to us since you know interfaith work so well? What is a Sikh? Just in case someone was thinking that. So Sikh, um, they are basically based in India, India, and it's a, a religion that um, was sort of it's a sort of combination between Hinduism, Islam, and the Sikhism. So they have their own practices, but they wear this turban on their heads, which looks very similar, very similar to the turban that some Muslims wear. And because they come from that part of the world, you know, it's difficult for people to recognize the difference. And, you know, uh, Father Christian, this is so interesting that you have a program like this because the masses in the world nowadays, they really need to be educated and probably 
uh, clarify, we need to clarify a lot of the misconception that people hear and they see on the general media. I mean, the media is beautiful and the media got to do what they have to do. I mean, we love journalism. I, I love journalism. I love media. I've been on television and radio for more than 40 years now. So I, I love this. So I, I, don't, I don't bash the media. You see what I'm saying? But I'm saying that we also need to clarify misconceptions. So, yes, that's a fantastic question you ask about the Sikh, you know, the dress code there in India, Pakistan, etc. That part of the Indian continent does look a little similar with the dress code, the language, etc. But there are major differences. That's right. And they're not even there. There's no relationship to Islam. Well, some of their they claim that some of their practices are a sort of combination. Very, very uh, okay, okay, yeah, but but nothing like like not a not a not a relationship like you have uh, Roman Catholic and Episcopal and uh, Pentecostal and having that sort of connection with Christianity. You know, it's not like that. It's not like another branch of Islam. No, not at all. It's a whole gotcha. new identity. Oh, we're going to learn so much today. This is great. So if you're just tuning in again, um, this is uh, Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart, Florida. Next to me is Sheikh Shafayat, um, and uh, he, he is from Al-Hikmat Services right here. We're all here in Florida, and we are excited to just go deeper into this work of interfaith work, and we have here an imam with us, or Sheikh, who does a tremendous amount of work in the interfaith world, and also has you have your own tv station too so you're really doing a lot of work or tv show so yes you understand and support journalism because you are on the you are doing the work of getting the word out so tell me why and, and to remind everyone here or, or actually like to announce this will be a two-part series because we can't do this without the rabbi of course um and he's my better half so i'm nothing without him so we will um also do a two-part series so in two weeks we're going to be back to really dig into what does it mean for jews christians and muslims all to be uh together and and, and learning from each other and also learning our differences today i want to go deeper into this interfaith work so tell me uh sheikh shafayat why are you so passionate about interfaith work? Because you have many different outlets and many different ways that you do this. Is this a calling from, from Allah? Like, what, what, how does, where does this all start? Yeah, that's, a, that's a powerful que question. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Muslims got involved in interfaith work after 9-11. And that will bring, a whole, bring an entire new picture or spin to the question, but but let's get to your question. Why I am so involved? Well, I grew up very Christian. Wow! Yes. wow. I used to go, I used to go to church. Uh, I used to sing carols and hymns. You know, I go. To, I went to a Christian school. Um, I I got a scholarship to become a priest. <laughs> yes, yes. So so this is interesting here. This is very interesting. And um, my interest in interfaith has been because, you know, my parents, my parents were Muslims. Uh, they, their forefathers came from India uh, approximately 175 to 200 years ago when the British ruled major islands in the Caribbean, specifically Trinidad and Tobago. 
And you know, when you want to have a good time, you go on a Caribbean cruise. So whenever you want to go on a good cruise, we can have some fun down in the Caribbean. But anyhow, so that fun in the Caribbean led me totally away from Islam. My parents, my parents, a lot of my relatives did not practice. We lost the religion. We lost the language. We lost everything. We became very Caribbean, very Western in our lifestyle and culture. So there was no picture of Islam. All right. Islam was probably just in my name. That also now led me not to like Islam. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Not to like Islam. And why I did not like Islam, it's again because of, you know, your show. It is so interesting. A lot of misconception. I used to always think that Islam is an Indian religion. I used to think that Islam is a Pakistani religion, an Arab religion, which is a misconception that a lot of people have in the world today. It's an Arab religion. You know, it's African. It's uh, so I, I, I were you know a college boy, and I'm like that does not attract me. So I would plus the culture, some of the culture that people practice did not make sense. So, so, so that's another point that people misrepresent uh, Islam with culture, culture. So that totally chased me away into uh, Christianity. All right, and as I said, I got a a scholarship to be a, a, a priest, I would have been like you with a rabbi on a show also. It would not have been Imam and Sheikh Shafat. It would have been another priest. However, cut a long story short, you know, you know, you have Muslim missionaries, like you have Christian missionaries, etc. And um, many, many years after someone knocked the door and they were like, hey, 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 you've forgotten your origin. And they came and 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 the whole nine yards, you know, God guided me on the path. Now, just to let you know, my parents were no practicing Muslim. They were not, you know, attending the mosque on a regular basis. Uh, it's a whole different spin. So you would understand where and why I grew up very Christian. Now, I ended up through this whole Islamic missionary work, ended up getting motivated to go and study Islam. And when I studied Islam and graduated as an Islamic scholar at one of the oldest Islamic universities in India, in India, you know, that gave me the picture that I was misled by misconception. And similarly, a lot of Muslims are misled, a lot of non-Muslims are misled, and I think I should use the God-gifted knowledge to educate the world on not just Islam, but Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism. I also, Father Christian, I also came from a very, very multi-faith family. I got uncles and relatives, you know, who are married to Jews, who are cousins, who are Hindus, you name it. So I, you were I born to do this. I mean, it really, God yes. really prepared your life for this. I mean, we're all, it's like, it's, it's a... Uh, we talk about this in the show that God is always up to something. God is the creator and God is forming us and using everything. Even if our, if our background, let's just say we, we had a, a troubled youth or we had a troubled background, God is going to use that for the greatest good for, for in your situation. While with your family tree, God said, you are perfect. You are perfect to do the work. I need you to go out there because there, there's misconceptions. There is divisions out there and you need to go teach the world about uh, the beauty that can be found in all of this, uh, especially right now, your, your role and your call in interfaith work is much needed because if, uh, as you know, firsthand, 
when we can all get in the same room and learn more about each other and then feel the, the freedom to ask questions that we are, let's say that concern us, we learn more and we grow more. We find understanding. We're like, Oh, and then, and then the, the, the anxiety drops um, and there's deeper understanding. So tell me this, when you started doing this work now. So you, you also, though, are an imam. So you also have your own, let's just say, congregation. You have your own mosque that you are caring for as well. You're not just yes. out there touring and, and doing interfaith motivational speaking. You also are taking care of your people. You have, like, I have a, a, a church that I'm responsible to pastor to. You have your own mosque that you're responsible for teaching and preaching and caring for, Yeah. Exactly. We got a, one of the largest mosques here in South Florida in Pembroke Pines. And in addition to being a mosque, which is called Darul Uloom Islamic Institute, you know, we also train people to become imams. So treat, training people to be Islamic leaders, to be imams uh, in a mosque with a full congregation. Every Friday we got we got six, seven hundred people in our congregation. So it's a very big congregation. Oh, yes. And as I was mentioning to you, Father Christian, not a jump away from the question, you know, a lot of people got into interfaith after 9-11 just as a cover-up to let America know that we are also integrated in society. But yeah. you made a fantastic point. I think that God has chosen me for interfaith. I am from an interfaith family. My relatives, my uncles, my cousins are Christians, you know, big positions in churches. So I love it and I love it. And that's why I think that we need, and when you invited me on the show, I love to use every opportunity to clarify misconceptions because I am one of those people. I had great misconceptions about Islam and other religions. But now, you know, yesterday I were at a, I were at a Yom Kippur program. I go to Christian oh. programs in churches. I wait, wait, let's Kippur. rewind that for, for, for our Jewish listeners. That's huge. You were, you were yesterday at yes. a, you mean, listen, I, I said at the top of the show, we, we had a lot of people come after us because the, the title of our show last week, they thought that we were insinuating that Christians should, should start observing and take over Yom Kippur. And it was, you know, so sacrilege and it brings up a lot of ideas of just imperialistic sort of motives or whatever. Um, and that's not where we were going with it. We were just suggesting to see, let's have this conversation. So, so for an imam to be involved with Yom Kippur, uh, that, that's huge. So that shows how much um, deep relationships you have with that temple and with that rabbi as well. Of course, of course. As Christmas, Yom Kippur, we try to get together at their different um, uh, holy days and, and show the love and the appreciation and the understanding. And listen, it's a great learning. At the end of the day, I think that I learn a lot. I really learn and I love this basically because I learn about other people, other cultures, other religion. And uh, Father Christian, when you learn more about other people, you end up living a happier life, be more comfortable. You feel more comfortable around people. Uh, you, know, you know, when someone speaks a foreign language around people, they feel strange. They feel strange because you don't understand what they're saying. But if you understand the language, you feel part of the conversation. Isn't that true? That's true. That's right. So, so similarly, if you don't know another person's religion and we don't understand another person's culture, we feel strange. We feel an outcast. We feel they're an outcast. 
But when we can learn to understand other people's faiths and beliefs and cultures, we feel much comfortable and part of humanity because we are one big humankind in the world and we That's need right. to understand you, that. I was talking to um, a gentleman at my, at my church who his children play basketball and uh, fortunately the, 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 the team is very diverse. And so he, he mentioned that he's just so grateful that his, his children, which are white, are playing with players who are black because they've grown up together they hang out together, they have a deep relationship together. And so they can also learn a lot about each other's culture and each other's backgrounds and, each, and personal experiences. And because they have this deep relationship with one another, they can also ask the challenging questions together. They can also talk about uh, a racial, they can have racial race-based conversations. And this doesn't get weird uh, because they built the trust and they built a relationship. So anything that's taboo, like the taboo relationship, like why do blacks do this? Or why do you white people do this? They can do that because they're friends, they're fellow basketball players and allows them to kind of just break that taboo, break what is strange or different. And, and that's what allows us when we form friendships with people who have different religious backgrounds, different racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, we start getting a community. Those things that we we're unsure about that make us feel weird or unsure or we hear these different stories about them uh, we can just talk about it and learn it and usually when you just get together and have tea or coffee you realize oh my gosh half the stuff i've heard is not even true <laughs> and you're just like me and you know and so that I, I really applaud the work you're doing because between islam and you know this better than anyone at, since 9-11 even before 9-11 I imagine it's it's been a rough go in, in in situations, and so your work is so vital to breaking down a lot of the narratives out there uh, about about uh, about Islam. And and you know, so uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick break, and when we come back, let's get deeper into that. How about how? Because we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and I'm curious to know, did you know Islamophobia? Did you notice an uptick? And, and some of the, the tension and misconceptions, um, or were you feeling like, wow, we've really grown the last 20 years where you, you feel comfortable and your people feel comfortable. So that's all going to be coming back um, on the second part of our show. Uh, we have Sheikh Shafayat. Uh, we are just so grateful to have him here. And Imam and a Sheikh here and a, a priest and a rabbi. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from now back to a priest and a rabbi welcome back to the award-winning priest and a rabbi radio show with father christian and rabbi durbin 
Let's get ready for the second half of the show. All right, every all right. Welcome back, everyone. This is Father Christian here at a priest and a rabbi. And it is great to have you back for part two of the show. And what we are doing is that we have uh, an imam with us today. So we are really a a priest and an imam or a sheikh because, uh, of course, we're during the time of Yom Kippur. So our brother, Rabbi Durbin, is taking uh, time to observe and to be with family um, during this most holy time um, for for our Jewish friends. Um, And so now what we're doing is part one of a series of where we're bringing in um, Sheikh Shafayat. In uh, a sheikh, the term sheikh is for someone who also can teach imam. So he is an imam. And then in two weeks, we're going to bring back Rabbi Durbin. So all three of us will be here and we'll be getting into more theological similarities and differences because we want to be able to talk about the differences. So, uh, oh, Salamu alaikum, Maria Rakaman from the UK. Salamu alaikum. Okay. It's great seeing all these great comments online. We have all these great comments online coming in from people from across the world. This is so great. We're on Facebook Live as well, if you're just tuning in. Um, and so, okay, so let's, let's get into this. Well, can you repeat again? Um, you mentioned this before, but a lot of people want to just to refer to you correctly. So if someone is saying, you know, good morning, you know, with me, they might say, good morning, father, good morning, reverend, good morning, pastor. Sometimes they say other words that I can't say online. So how about you? How should people refer to you, my brother? Well, most of the people refer to me as Sheikh. As I said, Sheikh is a title that uh, many of people Islamic scholars carry the world like rabbi, like father, like bishop. So that is a title that Islamic scholars are normally called in most part of the world. There are other titles, but we don't want to get into confusing people sure. anymore. Keep it anymore. simple for let's, us. Let's keep it very simple. Yes. <laughs> All right. And so the reason why we're doing this again, of course, is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are all connected through scripture and through, uh, through um, uh, a well-known figure named Abraham. And through Abraham came Judaism, came uh, Christianity, came Islam. So we won't go through the biblical family tree there, but that's what binds us. That's in the word. So therefore, it is important for us to know one another and to grow to one another and to be challenged by one another uh, because God has laid that forth. So, so we're going to get into just this for you, Sheikh, is how are you doing? What's it been like over since, you know, we talked about this in the first part of the show with uh, you said a lot of interfaith work started after 9-11. People felt the need because we're like, wow, these tensions are growing really high. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there that are going to cause um, unneeded violence, unnecessary violence, if it's ever necessary. So unnecessary violence. Um, so how have you been doing in your community over the last 20 years, especially recently? Well, you know, uh, with the recent 20 years, um, uh, anniversary, as we would say, of 9-11, uh, I must say that um, a lot of the, the comments that you would have noticed on the media were not as negative as they were 20 years ago. And the reason for that, Father Christian, clear evidence, it's that people have been more educated about Islam, uh, non-Muslims, or the world in general, Americans, and let's say Americans here, have been more educated about Islam, the Quran, and Muslims. And they were able to separate 
the differences. You know, Islam is the name of the religion, like you got Judaism and the people are Jews, Christianity and the followers are Christians, you got Islam and the followers are Muslims. And you got the scripture, the Quran, and then you got you got the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, like Moses and Prophet Abraham, peace be upon them, etc. But the world came to better understand the difference with Arabs, and Pakistanis, and Bangladeshis. So in being more educated, you would have definitely realized Fox News, CNN, all these different media were not as negative with comments as you had journalists doing many, many, many years ago. Plus, because of the involvement of a lot of Muslims into politics in the last couple of years, you would have realized you're a couple of people in Congress, you've got people, senators, commissioners. So people have learned to realize that Muslims are not a separate cult of people. They're integrated in the society. But unfortunately, before 9-11, not, not much were heard about them. All you knew that there was a Muslim doctor, a Muslim engineer, a, you know what I'm saying? However, we, and, and the fault, Father Christian, was the Muslims because they themselves did not get involved in the community. So when 9-11 hit, people were just scared of Muslims. And I, I want to share something with you. 9-11 took place on a Tuesday. Would you believe on the Friday, the very same Friday night, I were in a synagogue here in Hollywood, Florida, massive Shabbat, Friday night. I'm in this big congregation of hundreds of people. The rabbi invited me because remember, as I mentioned, I have been involved in interfaith before 9-11. I have been born an interfaith person from the Caribbean to here. Long as, as I came to the United States of America 30 years ago, I have been involved in interfaith interfaith, pioneer interfaith. So when 9-11 took place, I had rabbis who were publicly saying, listen, whatever statements they were hearing negative on the, in, the, in the public or the media, they were like, that does not go for everybody. And they will publicly quote Sheikh Shafiat and said, I know somebody, da, 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 and we have had a different relationship. So what we are hearing is definitely not true. So I went into this synagogue, right? Uh, I think it was Temple Beth eh, in Hollywood. Eh? Um, so Rabbi Tufts, the name of the rabbi was Rabbi Tufts, very good friend of mine. We were together all on interfaith boards. He brought me to that audience. There was a gentleman whose brother-in-law died Tuesday in, on the 9-11. That guy did not want to come to the synagogue. That guy said, if I meet this Muslim sheikh, I'm going to get rid of him. He should not be allowed in the synagogue. The rabbi had a big fight. And I'm saying this publicly because it happened in real with his congregant. Listen, and the rabbi wanted me to get on the stage and clarify the difference with Islam and Muslims and interfaith and the whole nine yards. Would you believe the man hugged me? His wow. brother-in-law. His brother-in-law died a few days ago on 9-11 at the towers. And he just hugged me and said, I had great misconception about Muslims and Islam. I feel so much comfortable now. He said, with all this sadness and tragedy, I feel much more educated. So, so that's why, that's why, you know, um, I mentioned when you ask about 9-11, the education is important. The better understanding of people. And not only Islam, but Judaism, Christianity, other faiths. 
people need to understand the cultures and the beliefs of other people in the world. And that will make this world a happier place, a more comfortable place with your neighbors, with your co-workers, with your classmates. It is so important, you know, in the Quran, in the Quran, in chapter 49, verse 13, God tells us that, you know, he has created people in different tribes and different nations so you would know one another. You will better understand one another, not despise people. God has created us in different cultures and different languages. This world is like a beautiful garden with different flowers and trees and branches, which if we would understand their purpose, we would be in a loving, happy, pretty world. Right. So, that is where I think is, is the rub, because there'll be some, and this some would be many in my own denomination, my own religion, not denomination, but religion, where the point is to convert others. The point of what we do here is to bring others, let's say, to Christ. So therefore, they would override that idea that it's just for us to all get to know each other and grow together and have a hallmark holiday together of interfaith, right? Um, you're... you're, you're you're saying something very different. You're saying, listen, we're all here. God is, is an intentional God. He was, he's created, there's Holy Scripture for all these three Abrahamic faiths. And so God is up to something. And so maybe, just maybe, he wants us all to learn and grow from one another and be able to like live in the same garden together. And whether you have a whole different idea of what happens in the afterlife whether you think that Jesus is your, your if, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and that's the only way to go, that's fine. That, that, that's fine. However, right here on earth, you can go the route where your whole job is to just go and convert a bunch of Muslims. But you, that, that's, there's going to be some venom behind that and some misconceptions probably. And you might not be seeing everyone as your brother and sister. That's my take on that. While you are here, how do you become a better Christian? By being in brotherhood or sisterhood with your Muslim neighbor or with your Jewish neighbor, and, and vice versa. How do we learning about each other not make us universalists? I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But from hearing Sheikh Shafat, from hearing what you're saying, and I, and I, and I, I believe you on your, your thesis that's come up over and over again, it does bring more joy into our lives because we drop a lot of these negative misconceptions. We drop these, these divisive lines that come, come between us. We learn about each other. And at the end, it does make you, I think you, us hanging out, you and I together, makes you a better Muslim. You know, because you can learn things about me and be like, yeah, that is why definitely I'm not a Christian. <laughs> this is why I definitely believe that's what makes me Islam. You know, my relationship with Rabbi Durbin is, is I, I respect everything about him, but I also teaches me to be even more grounded in my beliefs and my faith to really know why. Why do I, why am I a Christian? Why do I follow Jesus? At the same time, Jesus says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. That's what Apostle Paul says. So I'm meant to lead with love. Not judgment, <laughs> not divisiveness. How do I love Sheikh Shafayat and learn and grow about this great humanity? So all that to say, brother, that we, we might be able to just grow so much more deeply in our humanity if we decide to, instead of just tribalistically like divide each other, how do we grow and be challenged by one another? So tell me this, when what do you say are the one of the biggest misconceptions you hear out there? I'm sure there's like maybe like three out there, but what are some of the biggest misconceptions you hear out there about Islam? Um, unfortunately, uh, again, well, I, I don't want to be repeating the same thing again because of the, the, the 
a lot of people not having the proper education of other faiths, uh-huh. Judaism, Christianity, that's it. But basically, a lot of people think that Islam is a new religion. You see, but Islam is not a new religion. We believe, as you rightly said, you know, Islam is a way of life. Uh, do you, you, you would be amazed to know from the Islamic perspective, we believe that um, Judaism, Christianity, the original teachings of Moses and Jesus, peace be upon them, they taught Islam. They taught Islam. And we believe, oh yes, we believe that Moses and Jesus, peace be upon them, and their followers, the Quran says they were Muslims. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. We don't treat, we don't treat that as different people. And, and let's get a little more realistic. So that's the theological aspect. That's the spiritual aspect. Let's get biological. We all know it now from the Torah and the Bible and the Psalms point of view that Abraham had these two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. So biologically speaking now, biologically speaking, Isaac and his uh, progeny and followers from whom came all these prophets, all these messengers of God, David, Moses, Solomon, Jesus, peace be upon them all. You know, we got to say peace be upon them. Huh? That's from that son, Isaac. And then came uh, Ishmael. From, um, the other son, from him came Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So to cut a long story short, that's why, you know, we have a second episode. We may have to have a third and fourth down the line. But anyhow, um, the, the, the misconception of people believing that Islam is a new religion, it's a new people, it's a new culture, where did it come from? That, that's the root of the misconception. If we would clear and cross that bridge, that we, you know, Jews, Christians, and Muslims are all cousins. We're cousins. We came from the same father, Abraham. The Bible and the Torah and the scriptures speak about Isaac and, and, and Ishmael being sons of Abraham. Now, as, as, and I love the point you said, we need to understand the differences. Because if we don't, you know, if we just get together for interfaith, for talk, and let <laughs> the society know we're having a cup of coffee, you know what that would be like? It'll be like Republicans and Democrats having a cup of coffee in Congress. But a lot of them don't like each other. Right. Because they don't understand each other. <laughs> and they don't try to understand each other. They, they only try to understand themselves. And I don't want to sound political, but they try to understand themselves. And that's why there's a problem. So we need to understand the differences, put it together. Whatever may be the case, whether they accept Hagar as a legal wife or illegal wife, you know what I'm saying? Bottom line, Ishmael and Isaac are brothers are sons of the same father, Abraham. And they both taught the same message of Abraham, the one God, the one God. Abraham taught the message of God, the way of God, the right way, how to live. And that's why all his children, somewhere or the other, were all into the propagation of spreading the message of the father, Abraham. Now, you would have had the differences with the the Joseph, peace be upon him, and his brothers. So we have these kind of things. But you know what? We need to do like Joseph. Even though they tried to kill him, his other brothers, and throw him in the well, you know, when he became that, that high person in authority in Egypt, he welcomed them with love, with fraternity, and put the bond together. And that's what we need to do. He had the better understanding to accommodate those who jealous him and misunderstood him.
All right. So if, if we, so what I'm hearing here, we got two things. Uh, one big misconception is just that it's a new faith. It's a new thing. It's, it's uh, something that just came upon someone recently. And this is not true. Uh, 600 AD is what we're looking at with Islam. So you got Judaism that was two millennia before what Christians will call zero AD, right? And then you have Christianity spawns out of that, out of the second temple. Um, then you have Christianity come out of Judaism. And then you also have Islam around 600 AD. So with all three right there, sharing also now you're saying the second misconception is that we're all very completely different religions but yes we have some major differences however we come from the same family tree and that's a big one that's a real big one for us to to know because like monica cantor is saying in our comment section right now is that in order in order for us to talk about god it needs to be about love and it needs to be about compassion if it's not about love then it's not about god so therefore, if you're coming to the interfaith table or you're talking about someone who has a different religion and you're starting with just venom and criticism and hate and just ignorance, you lost God. It has to be led by love and compassion. Even if I want to talk to Sheikh Shafat and be like, dude, I don't get why you don't like love Jesus. I don't get it. That conversation must be based in love. It has to be based in love because if not, then God is not a part of this. And now it's just a father Christian trying to make his friend, his new friend, Sheikh Shafayat, a Christian, that's salesmanship. That's not brotherhood. But if I want to have a real meaningful conversation with them saying, tell me, brother, why you don't accept Jesus Christ? I might learn a bunch because he might school me and we can, and it's about love and compassion. Now we're really listening to each other. So if it's not about love, it's not about God. And we are all from the same branch of Abraham led by and being obedient to a God of love. Okay. So give us another, another big misconception here. We got two so far. So Sheikh Shafayat, what's the third big misconception of Islam? Um, another misconception uh, happens to be, unfortunately, and I'm saying unfortunately, you know, the cultural lifestyle of some Muslims in, in Muslim countries, and I don't want to bash them, but I'm saying, and you know, you know, you know, Father Christian, that's why being a Caribbean boy, uh, being born in the Caribbean, grew up in the Caribbean, my forefathers, uh, five generations down from the Caribbean, you know, I, I had a whole different picture uh, of Islam because I studied Islam to understand it. I, I, I searched Islam by the mercy of God, by the guidance of God. It's all by the love of God. All right. It's all by the love of God. To understand Islam, it's not me. It's about the guidance from God. We speak about the guidance from God, all right? Love from God. So what has happened in, if, and if you listen to the media in America, America, London, wherever in, in Western countries, most of the times people make critics. It's about the shortcomings of Muslims, not Islam, that they have misunderstood that Muslims say or Muslims do. You, you get a point I'm saying? It's something that some Muslims did somewhere in, 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 in Arabia, in Africa, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan. In some country, some Muslims said something, did something based on their cultural practice, their cultural lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, you, you get a point I'm saying? And then they misunderstand Islam. So the culture of muslims in different countries a lot of people don't realize that islam is very very international so you got people of from different countries in the world as much as china russia you see so when you got people from extreme parts of the world 
you you gotta you gotta be able to understand that their culture, Chinese Muslim culture, is going to be totally different to an African Muslim culture, and sometimes the culture is what misrepresents Islam, and people out there think that is Islam. They look at a, the uh, the practice of a Muslim lifestyle, and they think that is Islam. Now, I'm not saying the culture is correct. If the culture is within the fold of Islam, then it's okay. But if something, someone does something culturally and it does not represent Islam, well, they have misrepresented Islam. And that's a major misconception out there where people, you know, yeah, 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 listen, what I'm trying to say, exactly what you said a little while ago, you got a few brothers coming together. One is a doctor, one is a lawyer, one is an engineer. But they're from the same father and mother. And they got to come together with love that we are all brothers. We love each other. We may have a different career. We may believe differently. We may think differently. But we got to understand who we are and where we came from. And if we don't understand the origin, then you're going to have major, major misunderstanding. And, and every time I look at, at, at comments uh, around the world, it's always something that did not come from the origin of Islam and the scripture, and it's just uh, misrepresentation. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm assuming too. Yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. That there's so much culture that surrounds the religion because it is a you know it is a global religion. So therefore, you're yes. going to get some some very different cultures that are interpreting the Quran and interpreting, and so therefore they incorporate their ways into it. And the same thing in Christianity. And I'm assuming Excellent. the same thing in Judaism. And so I, I, I assume I am assuming here that also there are many misconceptions about Christianity that get mixed into. Um, that get mixed to maybe American culture. So therefore people in the Middle East or in Africa or in other parts of the world will associate uh, American or British or just Western culture and align that with Christianity. And I think that's like a big reason why uh, Christian nationalism for me is, 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 is not healthy at all because it aligns American values with Christian values. And I'm not saying American values are wrong. I'm saying it's, but they are different. You're are so different. right, Father. Listen, you're so right, Father. I am always out there trying to clarify that to my Muslim friends from other countries. And they're like bashing America. I mean, bashing Christianity because of some American culture. And I'm like, no, that's not the origin of the, the founders of America. That's not the origin of the true Christians that live in America. I mean, they're loving, nice people. They're not what you see all the time in America culture. So exactly that. A lot of people miss, you know, they misrepresent the, 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 the religion by the American culture. Yeah. And, and now, especially now that with Afghanistan and we I, listen, we're at the end of the show here, so we can't go into this, but I think that would be something we want to take on is how do you deal with that where you there are contexts and very conservative contexts for both of our religions where people can look to many conservative christian churches and be like wow you guys do that you know and i'm, I'm assuming that's what might appear in other countries when they think of christianity uh, they they see some very conservative places so and right now in the states people are looking at what's happening for let's say women's rights or some other things that are happening in in kandahar or in, in other parts of afghanistan and so i i'm assuming now that that just the education and at least creating safe 
and healthy landscapes for us to have good dialogues about that, to get your take and say, let's get Sheikh Shafayat on this. Let's not try to figure this out ourselves. I'm seeing a bunch of stuff on news. I want to get Sheikh Shafayat on here. He's the expert. And let's ask him the questions and let's form a lot of trust and love with him so we know that we can ask the tough questions. We're not going to deny the hard questions. However, we're going to do it with love and compassion. And so it's, it's going to be a true dialogue with it. All right, this is good. So my brother, um, as, you know, as, as, as always, it's, it's, it's like skimming the surface here, but it, we planted some seeds here for our part two series and maybe a part three, because there's, there's some, so much for us to go to. This, this hour went by so quickly. In the meantime, before we get our wonderful, wonderful rabbi here in two weeks, um, or at least for the, the show in two weeks, where we'll have all three of us together, uh, how can people find more of you? I know you you have a YouTube channel, TV show. You are, I'm just grateful we even got you on our show. How can people find more of you in the next two weeks? Well, we are, of course, you just Google Al-Hikmat. We will come up there, Google Sheikh Shafayat, and you will get it on social media. Okay, now you got to go easy on us. We, so so, so we, we don't know how to spell that. Uh, so so, can you spell out Al-Hikmat that might, people might be able to, who are just listening on our podcast or radio show? A-L-H-I-K-M-A-T, Al-Hikmat, and even in Judaism and Hebrew, it's Al-Hakma, means wisdom anyhow. So I learned from my rabbi. Eh? <laughs> so Al-Hikmat, anyone goes on, on, on media and Google Al-Hikma, A-L-H-I-K-M-A-T, forget about my name you will find a lot of what we do. Uh, you know, you mentioned something about Afghanistan, and we'll talk about it later on. But just to let you know how the education has played off in the last 20 years, you know, when 9-11 went by, Americans, well, not Americans, a lot of Americans wanted to just get rid of every Muslim that exists in America, right? After 20 years, America is bringing thousands of Afghanistan to America. Wow. You, see the, you see the education? You see the education? It's a yeah, whole different right. understanding that has changed. And I wanted to share that with, our, with your listeners and our right. viewers here. What a difference. And we could talk a lot how time has changed and the minds have changed and education. When, when America was deporting Muslims, here America is importing Muslims <laughs> by, by the tens of thousands, all right? So we got a lot of talk. And I, I love your show. And I think your show can do a lot more. And we can have a whole different vision for the next five, 10 years coming up. So anybody who wants to check us out, Al Hikmat, you will get us on all the different media and all our television shows and the social media, etc. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you again for, for being here. Everyone, if you miss any part of this episode, we do podcast everything we do. So if you go to A Priest and a Rabbi on all podcast platforms, or you go to our website, a priest and a rabbi dot podcast dot com, no, dot podbean, sorry, dot podbean dot com, you will get every episode. But this episode will be up there. Share it with those who really appreciate interfaith, especially those who want to learn more about Islam. They can start to form this relationship. They can reach out to uh, Sheikh Shafayat. Um, it is an honor to have you here not just an imam but an imam who teaches other imams um so we 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 are grateful um and uh god bless you god believe with you and we look forward to having you back on here in two weeks all right my brother thank you very much it's a pleasure it'll be a blessing all right brother peace assalamu alaikum shalom and good morning to you and everyone else that's right